encouragement, you can do it, and tools to help you go live a life of purpose, yes, influence, and joy. Yeah. This is the Go Podcast with Chad Hood. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is Chad, and I'm here with Heather. Hey, everybody. And we hope you're having a great day. Today, we're going to begin at the beginning, I guess. We're going to go back to um, where this whole thing started. You know, when we talk about the Go podcast, that really comes from the concept we call Go Disciple, uh, which is an intensive discipleship process. I don't like to call it a program because it's about living life on life with people and just helping them walk through what it means to be a disciple. You know, our motto has always been be one, then make one. And so really, as we begin, we need to figure out what it really means to be a disciple. So, you know, just in terms of our definition, we want to keep it very simple. Whatever we do with discipleship, principally, we should be able to do with a mother in Africa or a college student in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, so and we get back to basic spiritual principles of just what it means to follow Christ. And for us, that's what it means when we talk about being a disciple. We simply mean a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, it's kind of like I ask our 11-year-old the other night, I'm like, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And he goes, to love him with all your heart and to obey him. I'm like, well, didn't get much more powerful, more simple than that. So it's kind of where we are. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, my particular journey in understanding what it means to be a follower of Jesus has is full of different experiences that I've had culturally different experiences that I've had personally just with you know raising children and being a wife and learning how to engage my community and then to try to teach and lead others to do the same has caused us to really um, double down and kind of unpack what it really means in this culture in this day 2023 what does it mean to follow Jesus and um, take serious some cultural things that have shifted even from when we were raised and how we were raised to how we've raised our children to how we now go and engage our community and do so in a way that communicates um, a love for God and a thankfulness for what Jesus has done for us and humanity, but then also to um, find that joy that yeah. was given to us or promised to us um, in this walk. And I think joy is something that we're, we're missing we're a lot lacking. in this culture. Yeah. I know I like it a lot of times. Right. You know, let me ask you this question. So if you were to say, what's the one common denominator? And I don't know if there's a necessarily right answer. I've got an answer in my head. But as you as a listener as well, answer this question. When you talk about someone discipling, being discipled, what's a common denominator in all discipleship for you? What stands out? Um, First and foremost, I think it's relationship. I don't know if that's kind of where you were going with that question. Um, we shall see. Yes. Um, first to try to, I guess, impress upon the person that I'm engaging with, just the desire that I have to care about them and to know them and to love them and to help them not to be an authority figure. And I think historically, sometimes we can look at a discipleship relationship to be in a, a, a teacher pupil relationship where I've really sought to make it this level ground that yeah. is just one life help trying to embrace and encourage another life. Okay. So that was pretty much what I, the one common denominator. See, we're not too far off here. (laughs) Wow. We've only been doing this for 25 years. It looks like we would know whatever each other was going to say. I was going to say other people. I was going to say relationships, right? Um, When I look back over my life, um, I look back to high school 
and I really didn't know much. I mean, I, I, I accepted Christ when I was 12. You know, that was a fear kind of based thing. But God did change my life. I mean, there's no question. Um, and then I had a friend named Stephen. So, Stephen, if you ever listen to this, um, he's the first guy that taught me about a quiet time. And so I look back on that. And then I look back in high school where this guy came from a different um, part of the country. He moved in. He was with a telecom business. But he was a solid believer, and he took three of us high schoolers and met with us once a week. And, um, you know, I look back, and that, that's my first taste of that. And then, as you know, um, when I came back to the Lord, um, First Baptist Woodstock, of course, under the preaching of Pastor Johnny, but also Tony Nolan, and then, you know, John Franklin, right? Um, and, and he just sat with me, you know, for a time. And so... I can't say that I didn't have discipleship. I had these seasons where people poured into me. Um, is that kind of what you found? What you what you find on your pathway to here? Yeah, I think early on my testimony really encompassed this reality that I thought, well, gosh, if I had just had people poured into my life, I would have known my personality, chosen different things for my life. And what's funny about that is the arrogance that I can even I've learned his, even in that statement and that, well, if I had just known the right thing to do, then I would have done it. And um, what I've come to understand and realize that um, all along the way, the Lord has put people in my life that have challenged me or encouraged me or have shown me a little bit more of my need for him. But particularly I can look back and for the longest time, I didn't reflect back on this part of my life, but you know, in the latter you know years, I've really come to be aware made aware of the influence of my um, youth pastor back in the day and her name was Ginger May. And um, it was funny because she pretty much, I feel like captured me on summer on a sun, summer morning. And she said, we're going to meet from eight to 12. And I remember thinking how 8 AM was just so early in the morning. And, um, and she made it really no excuse for me. And she would pick me up and she would take me. And in that day, we memorized that summer Romans 12, one and two. And, and little would I know that down the road that that verse would be such an impetus to where and how I seek to live my life. And so, um, but being able to look back and see where God has put people in my life all on the way, even though I haven't had as many one-on-one relationships as you have, Um, But to distinctly say, you know what, there were moments in my life that hands down, God was there. He was showing me and directing me and encouraging me. And it would just, it just took later in life for me to be able to put it all together and to see more of this um, common thread in my life. And, and now I'm super thankful. Um, But even more so that motivates me to want to be that for other people. I want to, to help them along the way because um, sometimes sitting in a church service or sometimes reading the Bible or just having this, you know, time with the book in my own bedroom and just trying to understand and comprehend what it means to, to live this life that God's called us to, um, having that real connection with an actual person to process that out with and to um, explore those ideas and to listen and learn has been super beneficial. And I, I believe that that's probably true for most people. I, I think you bring up a good point. You know, a lot of times when we look at discipleship, we want to be so monochromatic about it that you just got to sit down and you got to talk this out and while there is that, um, there's also this as you're going aspect of it. And that's where God uses your particular gifts to influence people or your position or station in life to influence people. And and it's like 
Tony used to say, Tony Nolan, he used to say, wherever you are, be all there, you know? And I think, um, if you're a mom and you're down the road spiritually, there's younger moms you can pour into. Um, I coach sports and I love coaching sports and I've got a chance to influence a lot of young men and women through coaching sports. And so I think it's kind of wherever you find yourself. And, you know, we found ourselves in college ministry. We had a passion for that. And so that was a, a very easy, I guess, um, field to reap from, you know, because God had been sowing in these young people's lives. And uh, we were just there at a time or season where they were ready and excited about growing. And so, you know, but I think about, too, when I made that transition as well. There was a time there when I was coming back to the Lord and really growing a lot. And I had those three guys, you know, um, say, hey, man, will you meet with us and study the Bible together? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like, there was only a couple of years. Separating. I know there's only a couple. You know, I'm like, dude, I'm just coming back to the Lord. I don't know what this is all about. And but it's not all of what, you know, we get so caught up in that. I don't know enough to get started. Right. But it's not that it's just you're showing people how to live. And I was really trying to live for the Lord. And um, they saw it and they were hungry to learn what that meant. And so and it's funny whenever I see those guys and Jay's missionary you know overseas and and jonathan's still um down there and so you think about that influence you had and you're like i didn't know even what i was doing but god didn't call us just to know everything a lot of times we learn as we're going well that's probably the um the biggest component that and i think it just expresses itself in just having a humble heart that you're you're positioned before them not as a teacher again going back as an authority that knows something, but as just a person that's offering, a, you know, maybe just some boundaries or some context where you can kind of process these things out together. But the biggest reward or the biggest blessing is how that um, teaches you. Like as you are sharing and talking, you're learning and growing and you see this very organic um, thing take place that draws you back into those types of settings as more desirable than, you know, isolation and, yeah. and just individual learning before the Lord. I just think that it's so under emphasized the beauty of that. Um, and what that really does, I think is it brings your spiritual life in your actual day-to-day -day living into, into agreement. And what is problematic a lot of times is that, and this is what I think people feel is that they can go to church, they can be inspired, they can be encouraged, they can find the passages to be very interesting and maybe even alluring and drawing them in. And then they get in their cars and they get back to their home and they're confronted with, you know, the food they have to cook and the kids that are screaming or the, the isolation that they might feel from having been in a community. Now they're back at home and they don't understand how to merge those two worlds and then become one. And I think that's what God would like for us to do is right. To, to be a disciple wherever we are. Right. And that doesn't mean studious and a theologian and a missionary. It means a person who just seeks to follow the Lord and to give him glory and honor. Um, and then bringing that into an actual practical position before the Lord so that you don't have to feel like you're divided. Yeah. I think it goes back to when we say, so what does it mean? To, it means to be a follower and it, it, and that means everywhere, every part of life. You know, I've heard that analogy so many times that, you know, are there, if your mind and soul were rooms in a house, are there any that you're keeping closed and not letting God have control over, let him into? You know, and I, I hate that question because it's so convicting. 
Right. And so, but you know, when you ask that question, even if we step in, we, we hop out and close the door back real quick. Yeah. The answer to that question is also very in line with what tight kind of disciple we are. What heart do we have mm-hmm. for being a disciple? You know, um, you know, and so I think, and, and that's a journey. You, a lot of times you, some people jump there immediately. Some people, especially people that I find that grew up in church, they have to go back there yeah. a little bit. And I think at times in our lives, we all have to ask that question. Are there any areas in my life where God is not Lord? And it's like Jason DeFore used to say, our buddy in Georgia, who's a pastor, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Well, and I think that brings a good point. A lot of times we are so fixated on being a disciple that we make the center of the story about us. And when we can transition that and say, okay, you know, this is really about the character of God and God is pursuing us. He is loving us. He wants our whole heart, but he doesn't just go in there off. Sometimes he'll rip the bandaid off and just make you go straight in. But a lot of times he's just pulling layer by layer. It's precept upon precept. And he takes us on a journey with him because it's relational it's um, it takes time. It, it's process, right. and you have to learn one thing sometimes in order for you to even be able to confront the next thing. And he gets that, and we want to rush through it a lot of times quicker than the Lord. But in His kindness, He takes us on a slower journey because He recognizes too that, you know, to bring change, you have to kind of sit with things for a while. You got to put off in order to put on, and that letting go is sometimes grieving. Sometimes it's changing your thought processes about things. It's sometimes learning something new that you've never learned before, and it's just not a one-and-done thing. And when we get to this attitude or posture before the Lord that says we learn something rather than that we are learning something, learned means it's done. Learning means it's a continuation, and a lot of times we grasp hold of something, we make it our own. We all of a sudden turn it inside and say, okay, we've learned it. And therefore we have some kind of authority on it. Um, I just feel like that's very dangerous. And I think that that takes life out of it. It takes the learning process that should be very, very beautiful. Okay. So here's how I know someone's been discipling someone, because I'll ask this to everybody that I'm pouring into at some point, one point or another. I was like, so we go through something and God just opens their heart up. And I mean, you just feel the spirit working and um so i asked them this question so was that for you or for me Hmm. and and the answer is always or usually both and i'm like yeah so here's how i know if someone's been discipling is because as we walk through these principles over and over and over as we pour into people what god's doing is we're in different situations and different seasons god's revealing something new and deeper as I give this stuff away. Right. right. And so it's never the same. It may be the same principles, but it is never the same because the Holy spirit works in my life and in the life of that other person. Um, and, and it makes it so this uh, such a fruitful time for both of us. And so the question is, so who needs it? And, and we all do. And I think that's why God set up this idea of we're to be pouring into other people because we forget these principles so quickly sometimes i mean it's stunning well and i have a friend um facing who she would always say she needs a fresh bread from the lord and i love that because what she's saying is that sometimes even the same truths become stale the things you've learned in other seasons the things that um you remember even a time of maybe a fertility or a time when god just really had captured you but in today's day you want something fresh even if it's 
the same principle, like you said, it's a, it's freshly spoken. It, and then I'm just thinking, man, gosh, I mean, who does not love a warm piece of bread with some melted sure. butter? Like it elicits such a, a warm feeling, but also just a, a satiated feeling. Um, and so I think with, what is true about that is that the principles can sometimes become stale because they were spoken in a different season that you needed to hear it. And now you need a fresh encounter with God. Um, and it, and it's funny because sometimes you're like, just Jesus loves me. feels like you've never heard it before because in that moment you just needed to be reminded that Jesus loves right. me and it's not a new concept. So we get prideful when we think, well, gosh, I know that one of the things that drives me nuts sometimes about parenting is when we tell our kids to do something, they say, I know. And I'm, my, I'm quick to say, I'm not telling you because you didn't know. I'm reminding you of it because you need to hear it. And I think that's what discipleship does a lot of times. It's not that I'm necessarily trying to teach you something you don't know. I'm just in this moment as you're processing or fleshing out this real life situation or this current spot that you're in. I'm the voice right now speaking into your life, just reminding you of the things of God based on the fact that we now have authority in Christ and therefore we can... Um, encourage one another. We can lift each other up when I can't, when you can't see the horizon, I can see the horizon. I'm going to tell you what the horizon looks like so that you can be encouraged and emboldened to, to stay the course, honestly, just stay in there and not to leave, just stay in there and not to um, just give up in a lot of ways, right. which is what um, flesh on flesh does every night is, is just the reality of encouraging one another in these ways. Well, you know, when we think about it and we talk about, it's funny, you should, what you said just a moment ago about, you know, you hate it when your kids say, I know, right? And I think God reminds us of things sometimes and we have that attitude of, I know, but you know, it's like when we're on the boat and what I've taught all the boys is when I'm driving the boat and they say, Hey, there's a boat coming. I never say, I know. I say, thank you mm, because I want them to know that they can always have freedom to tell me when they see something because there will be a time where I do not see it. And if I keep telling them, I know, I know, I know, they lose the sense of the need to tell me anything. Which is even confidence, Which, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, and so it's dangerous, right? Yeah, and so, so when we say, you know, to God, I know, I'm like, whoa, man, be careful because yeah. you don't know, right? And there will be a season where you do not know. And um, so it's, uh, you know, and here's the, here's the bottom line. All discipleship depends on one thing and it's humility. Right. Because if you're not humble, you're going to be unwilling to grow. You're going to be unwilling to see things from a different perspective. And we have got to come to a place where with believers, where like we say, and go disciple, which we'll get to later um, in another podcast is yes, Lord. Well, it's humility before the Lord, but it's also humility before one another, assuming that there's always something that you can glean. And you've actually taught me that very well. It's not so much in the delivery. It's not so much in the person who's speaking to you or how you're communicating that conversation. It's that your heart is always postured before them in a position to say, okay, if the Lord is going to speak to me, he might be speaking to me in this moment, even if it's not easy to hear, even if it's not an environment that feels warm and cozy and safe, but that you can be willing to receive it from the Lord, no matter what the situation is. And I think that's yeah. really a very difficult thing to do, but a very crucial part of growing and discipling. Yeah, I agree that, you know, and what Heather's talking about is I'll say it this way. If someone comes to me and they say something in a wrong heart, wrong matter, they may be even completely wrong, but if I'll humble myself first, God has always had something to teach me. And it doesn't mean that I, I, 
don't tell that person, no, that's not true or that's not correct. It doesn't mean I just roll over, but it does mean if I first have a heart of humility, I always have something to learn. Well, and then you'll have the ability to respond correctly. That's right. And not just you have add the correct perspective. A, a fuel to the flame or to just create more of a toxic situation. You can actually engage in the problem. Right. A lot of times, a lot of times those people are hurting. They're frustrated. They're coming and you're just the first person they can hit, yeah. you know, or they're just venting and getting the things off of their chest. And they need a safe place to be able to do that. Um, Is that what I do with you? Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> and that will be for another podcast too. Yeah, the, definitely. Yeah. So we've got another couple of minutes. So, you know, based on everything we've said here, you know, and let's, let's leave something sure. for people to take, take away. You know, I'm always a big fan about taking something away. You know, um, is there one thing that kind of sticks out that you would encourage someone either to be or to make? disciples what I mean is there one thing that sticks out in your head yes a lot of times I think the first thing that comes to mind as an encouragement is something I learned from reading Andrew Murray is that you would be willing to be willing to be made willing what we're asking or maybe what we're encouraging people to do sometimes and to engage in a relationship can feel very um, scary very intimidated it certainly can be very threatening, especially if you've been hurt or if you've got some really deep issues that, um, you know, you're afraid to convey or to get into any kind of deeper conversation about. But could you today just say, you know what, Lord, make me willing to be willing. And I love that because what you're doing is you're just taking that first step of saying, you know what, but then you're also trusting that God is, is a compassionate father. He is only in it for your good. He only wants you to thrive. He only wants you to live a victorious life. And most likely what you're afraid of will never necessarily be required of you. Right. And so um, if you can just say at an honest place, um, Lord, make me willing to be willing to go into yep. a discipleship situation, whether you're the discipler and God's calling you to invest in someone else, or if you're um, in need of someone to pour into you because you just have some things that you really want to, you know, see how the Lord can meet you there. Um, it's a vulnerable spot for sure, but could you just say, Lord, make me willing to be willing and sure. I love them. That's good. You know, I, I think when, you know, I, I say, what's one thing that we can take away from it? Um, I think perspective is probably the biggest thing mm -hmm. for me. And it goes along with what you're saying, but it's having the perspective that um, I realize I need to grow. And then just being willing, like you said, to go there and, and that goes on the other side, too. If you're a believer um, and you're like, I need to learn, I want to know at a deeper level what it means to be a disciple, You just hit us up on our website. We'll be glad to talk with you. It's www.godisciple.org. You know, reach out to us. Um, but if you're one of those believers and you've been in the faith for a while and God's taught you some really cool things, you know, maybe it's time for you to give something away. Um I'll, I'll say this often, and I think it's true, um, but the next step of our growth is always giving this stuff away, mm -hmm. giving away what we've learned, you know, and <clears throat> you let God define what that context is. You know, you may be teaching a kid's Sunday school class. Yeah, I think giving you know? can also be um, 
synonymous with serving. Yeah. How do you go and serve your fellow man? Because right. we are saved into a community. I would say that's a great point because when we, when I'm meeting even with all these pastors, we talk about more than just these biblical principles. We're it's life on life. I sure. mean, you're talking about guys who are struggling, or these business leaders who are having marital problems or communication issues at work or, um, you know, just all sorts of things. But I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, be open to where God might lead you. And in discipleship, it's always serving, right? It's about serving the Lord and it's about serving other people. And it comes from that um, position or place of understanding of what God has given you and that we can do it. We can, we can serve, we can give, we can get up and serve. Um, it doesn't cost us that much right. necessarily, but the reward is probably that's, so much greater that's right. than any count we, cost that we count up front that's we'll right. in return for sure. Well, we're glad you've been with us today. Yes, thank It went you. by very fast, a lot to talk about, but just, just the beginning here. And again, if we can ever do anything for you, feel free to reach out. And thank you to all you who support our ministry Help us keep going and help us keep the podcast up and to do the discipleship we do all over the country with pastors, missionaries, and business leaders. And so if we can do anything for you, please reach out. And uh, we're glad that you're with us, and I hope you'll join us on this journey. So subscribe, like, um, become a part of the community, and we look forward to being with you again. Let me pray for us, okay? Father God, we come before you, and Lord, I thank you for our time together. Thank you for those who are listening. Lord, I pray that you would speak um, deeply and gently to their hearts, Lord, that you would um, encourage the women who are listening, um, uh, wherever they may find themselves in the business world and work at home with babies, wherever they may find themselves, Lord, I pray you would encourage them um, to reach out, um, to look for ways to love other people and um, encourage um, other women in this world. Lord, we need encouragement so bad. And for these men, Lord, I pray you'd help them to be men of God, uh, men of honor and integrity, um, that you would bring them to these beautiful places of humility and trust um, where they can just let it go with you, where they can lay the burdens of life down and um, take your yoke upon them. Because Lord, you said it's light and easy and we will find rest there. And so I pray that for all of us. And so Lord, thank you for our time. Bring us together once again. And Lord, may you be honored in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you next time.